Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. It's another great day for wellness. And this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. Welcome back to another edition of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. Uh, This is Dr. Tunis Hunt, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom. And folks, I'm super excited about today and this opportunity to 
uh, bring an old friend from the show back on, uh, none other than Rob Miller or Forge, as we affectionately know him in the gloom, and uh, wanted to bring him back on because, uh, A, he's a high-accelerating man, and he's constantly doing things to improve his health, but we also wanted to kind of check in. Uh, as we all know, health is a journey, and a lot of times the things that we implement at one stage of our life, we learn and we adapt and we pivot and we constantly accelerate uh, in different areas. And so that's true of Forge. And he wanted to kind of share some of that information that's uh, newer in his regime and his approach to his wellness. But uh, without further ado, welcome back to the uh, show, Forge. Well, man, I'm super excited to be back. This is awesome. As you know, I'm a, a big fan of your content. And I think it's super important to get it out to the packs. And I love sharing some of the things that I was wrong about or changed my position and and what I've learned since the last time we were together. Well, I appreciate your willingness to do that. And it takes a big man to admit that things have changed and, and, and the perspective is different. And yeah, I'd love to kind of hear what you found in some different areas of your health and what you find that's working for you better now and so forth. But uh, before we dive into all of that, Give us some context again, kind of who you are and, and PAX and listeners, if, if um, you haven't heard uh, Forge's original episode, it was might have been episode two, Forge, if I'm not mistaken, but it's pretty early on in our show. And uh, he goes into a lot of his uh, backstory and all that kind of stuff. But just, you know, kind of bring us uh, uh, the quick abridged version of uh, who you are, why the name Forge and where you post. Um. Rob Miller, Forge, 55, uh, from Metro, Charlotte Metro area, farming village of Cotswold, a.k.a. <laughs> um, uh, I, I post at uh, Hardcore on Thursdays, and I ruck with uh, the great Snoop <laughs> on Sundays, uh, and that's about it. And then I, I hit the gym a couple of days a week um, for weight training, so... I'm at, I'm at four days a week, which is probably almost double since the last time we, cause I think I was just doing a, a post here and there. Um, and then a forge, I got my name. I think it was a, it was a tie-in because I'm from PA and it was the, uh, maybe the Valley Forge region. I can't remember it. It was my first post. And I, I think I was sucking O2 pretty horribly at the time. <laughs> so it's kind of foggy. My memory. Yeah. How long ago was that, Forge? When did you, when'd you first post with F3? I want to say it was 19, 19, so maybe three years. Okay, gotcha. Because it was, it was right around when I had my hip surgery. Yeah, okay. Well, speaking of hip surgery, uh, I know that that's something that you had to kind of overcome, and you shared some of that information with us that first time. So tell us a little bit about how that's going, uh, if you want to kind of <clears> – <throat> Uh, give us a little context of the story of the hip replacement uh, again, and then how, how, what's going on and what you're doing to kind of recover from it. Um, yeah, well, the, I was diagnosed uh, where I had a, a, a birth defect, for lack of a better term, um, where my, my actual joint was shaped like an egg instead of round, so that it prematurely wore the cartilage out after 50 years. And um, so when I went in to get my, it, my diagnosis, the doctor said, you know, you, you really 
put on a little weight <laughs> over the years. You know, you've gained about a pound a year for 30 years. And, you know, this certain this recovery is going to go a lot better for you if, if you if you dr drop some of that weight. And, you know, you were a swimmer in high school and college. So maybe if you can't run or really walk around without pain, just get in the pool and swim. So essentially the, the hip replacement was sort of the, you know, a bad thing in air quotes that happened to me that ended up being one of the best things that happened in my life because it really just set me off on this fitness journey because I start I trained for, for about a year for that surgery and before I had it and um, I just continued it on adding and adding since then it's kind of the deal yeah the, the classic uh, take adversity and, and turn it into something that's just something that we accelerate with because mm -hmm. you know you had a couple choices there with that hip diagnosis is you can continue to feel sorry for yourself and, and limit yourself and tell yourself the story that uh, it is just who you are. And, and you're, these are the limitations that you'll have in life or to your point and, and what you did uh, turn it on its head and say, no, this is what I'm going to do instead. I'm going to first put myself in a position so that I can recover faster. Cause I think that was part of your strategy, right? Kind of figure out what you needed to do up to the surgery so that on the back end, you can get back in it, um, as quickly as possible. So, man, I, I think that's great. So how, how's that recovery coming? I mean, it sounds like you're pretty good accelerating. Sounds like you're out there and, um, posting and all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was when I had, you know, my fo last follow-up appointment, you know, I asked the doctor, I said, okay, what specifically am I not allowed to do? And he said, <clears throat> you can't run or road run, uh, you know, and you can't ski bumps. Other than that, you can do anything. I'm like, all right, cool. I hate running anyway. And I stink at it. So that works perfect. And I kind of, I'm over my bump day. So I'll just tootle on the blues and have fun, you know, out there with Slovakom and Vale and, you know, do my little thing as a 55 year old man. Um, but, you know, with that, so I kind of went out tentatively and I, we covered this in the first podcast. I did a lot of strength training that was balance based working on those non-sexy support muscles and you know my knees really so i think i don't think the hips hold me back from running at all now my knees are the are the biggest my, my biggest weakness because they're, they're getting sketchy but um but this rucking man it's really helped me a lot um even the core stuff the balance stuff and i just keep adding more and more weight you know, we do those Sunday rucks and Snoop's like, hey, carry this 60 pound sandbag with your 30 pound ruck a mile. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't know about that. And then you like, you do it and you're like, well, you know, it doesn't, it, I'm, I'm noticing over time, like the first couple of times I'd be a little tighter, sore, whatever. But now like the last time, you know, I'm walking down the road with 90 pounds on me for, you know, pretty close to a mile. And I'm uh, now the last couple of weeks, I'm like, you know, I'm actually good. You know, and then, you know, and then, but this morning there was a hundred pound sandbag and uh, charcoal, AKA Hellboy. We were looking, I'm like, you can have it. He's like, you lift it up on me. I'll carry I'm like, you're the man. <laughs> it's like, so I'm still a little tentative about like a lot of weight, but I'm, 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 I'm adding more and more. And it's, it's interesting that you can realize your body can do more. And, you know, when I go there, there's steps to the gym. And I, I meter it that way. I would take steps up to the gym and, and my, my right knee, especially it would hurt every time I 
stepped on it and it hadn't hurt in years. So that's sort of how I kind of keep up with it is, is you run up some stairs and if you don't feel that sharp pain um, and that's all those connective, it's all, I mean, it's, I'm, I think I'm strengthening those tendons. You would know more about that. And, and a lot of those little connective muscles in all and around the knees from carrying this weight. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I, th I think that's great. And uh, you brought up a good point. I mean, because there's so many options. And that's the beautiful thing about F3 is the diversity of opportunity to exercise. I mean, for all of us to go out and just want to do burpees. First of all, I don't know who wants to do that, but uh, some, some packs do enjoy that more than others. But that's not the right fit for every packs member. And I love that you have really gravitated towards this, you know, quote unquote, newer thing for you only to see the benefits of it. And it sounds like because of the consistency of going on a weekly basis and, and willing to push yourself a little bit, you're really noticing, you know, how it's helping and all these other functionalities of your life, i.e. walking upstairs and, and so forth. So man, kudos to you for 90 pounds plus, uh, close to a mile. That's, that's no small feat. That's a, that's a nice little carry there. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was C-SPAN that really lit that fire in me. You know, we, we showed up at the hot box one morning and he was queuing and, um, you know, he said, all right, you got to have a 40 pound minimum kettlebell. And I was like, well, dang, I have my 27. That's the biggest I have. Right. So, uh, Festus was over there. He's like, well, I got this 51 pounder or whatever you can borrow. I'm like, Oh, perfect. So, so I, I just grabbed it and I, I had that one. And the first thing he called, he said, we're going to do the kettlebell mile. I'm like, I'm going to carry a 51 pound kettlebell a mile. I, mean, I just didn't think I could do it. I'm not saying it was easy, but it's funny. And that's one of the beautiful things about F3 is these idiots put you in situations that you don't think you could do. <laughs> I say yeah. that with love. No, <laughs> you know? of course. And then, so, so that, you know, because, be, because of C-SPAN and what, you know, what he made us do and just that happenstance that I, I had to borrow a 51 pound kettlebell from Festus, um, I knew that I could carry 50 pounds a mile if I had to, and it wasn't going to kill me or hurt me. And, you know, when we did, I tell people, I mean, I think that was a higher power too, because when we did GTE 24, um, you know, we had a lot of people go down with the heat and I had a ice, I had a Yeti, a soft side Yeti cooler full of ice and, and sheets and, and water. And after the event, I took it back and put it on the scale just to see how heavy it was. And it was like 56 pounds. And, wow. and it's because of that morning that, that C-SPAN gave me that, that opportunity, that, that opportunity for lack of a better word, I felt comfortable sprinting across the, you know, to aid somebody with 50 something pound thing on my shoulder. Like I wasn't going to break my back or you know, my core was strong and yeah, I, I felt confident. No, I, I mean, that's a great example of, you know, the purpose of why we get up and do this hard thing. I mean, we, we've heard it discussed on multiple mediums as far as, you know, the workout in and of itself is, is important, but what it's really doing is prepping you and preparing your mind for what it, when, when, the, when it's really matters, right. When we really have to do something to, to, for our family or a fellow packs or, a neighbor or whatever, it prepares us for those true opportunities to serve because we go and we condition ourselves. And a lot of it's mental. I mean, you know, I, I've heard multiple uh, perspectives on this and, and there's kind of a running joke in our area. 
because I kind of laid it out one time at a PAX. Uh, but uh, the whole idea about when we're ready to give up mentally, we probably have only spent about 40% of what we're capable of doing. Uh, in other words, you have a lot left in you, despite your brain telling you you don't, physically speaking. Um, and, I, you know, I think I read something and Olaf uh, 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 mentioned it, I think, in a, in a post that he wrote. And Olaf being one of our newest cadres and a previous guest on, on the show here, uh, they did an experiment with a rat or some mice, and they threw them in a bucket of water and determined how long they could stay afloat or, or swim to survival. And so they mentioned that they put them in the bucket, and after about 15 minutes, all the mice had drowned. And so they decided to do a second experiment, and this time they put them in the bucket, and, and prior to that 15-minute mark, just when these mice were about to give up, they pulled the mice out, put them on, you know, a dry, dry ground, you know, gave them a little water, let them recover for a few minutes, uh, and then put them back into the water to, to see how much longer they would be able to do it, thinking, you know, maybe only a few more minutes or maybe 15 minutes. Um, and it was something ob obnoxious, like uh, on average, like they lasted up to 60 hours after <laughs> Uh, that and one even at lasted 80 hours. Uh, so it just shows you that when you think there's a chance and, and hope and what your mind will, will, will that you can do, your body can go so much further. So, I mean, I just thought that was an amazing uh, thing because I mean, most of us, you know, we allow our brains to tell us when to quit. And, and there is a time and place to, for recovery and, and quit. And you certainly can injure yourself. But most of us, if we're really being honest, fail to push ourselves to the limit that we're really capable of doing. So, I mean, <laughs> that just speaks to the power of the mind. So I love that you were put in a situation um, where, you know, because let's be honest, if, if, if that person didn't have the 51 pound or more importantly, if you were given a choice of a 35 or a 50, let's be honest, probably at that uh, at that moment, you would have picked the 35, I would imagine, right? Absolutely, without question. <laughs> yeah, so, so being forced to, to push yourself past that. So that's another plug for doing hard stuff and maybe doing some of these events that maybe you're just uh, anxious about as far as GTEs and so forth. But uh, so you are you rocking just Sundays? Or are you doing that a couple days a week? Um just Sundays. I mean, I, I do some on my own. Uh, you know, I keep basically I've got it in my truck all the time. So, you know, I'll walk around the office sometimes with it just to get off behind out behind the, the desk chair. Uh, you know, I walk around the neighborhood. I mean, sometimes I'll I'll take the sandbag in the ruck for a walk around the neighborhood or I'll, I'll wear it when I'm walking the dogs and just try, the whole thing is, is like these guys at hardcore they kill, I mean, they kill me. And it's like, you just want to get, you don't want to be the 12, you know? And it's like, when you hit those walls, like you talk about what, if I, if I just keep pushing a little bit more, you know, when I, when I hit that CO2 max and, and I'm like sucking for air and just trying to breathe through my nose and get my heart rate under control. If you can just go past that a little bit, it's like, well, the next week you're, you know, that, that, that moves farther away. You know, it's like, and it, you know, you just keep doing it like 
every every day you go to the gym or you go you post you just push it a little bit more then all of a sudden that becomes eat i mean it's i'm stating the obvious but you have to you have to hit that and mentally you know make yourself go more so that it's easier next time and it's it's these guys that'll push you it's if they weren't there you know if it weren't for f3 and it, if it wasn't wasn't for you know posting more and more regularly you know, there's no way I, I would push myself. Um, and even when I'm on my own in the gym, you know, I'm still thinking about, you know, somebody's going to call crap ton of Merkins. And so, you know, I was doing them like a, I wanted to quit last because I actually went to the gym last night, which was like 12 hours prior to hardcore. And I was doing, um, they were called push-ups there <laughs> uh, on, a, on a BOSU ball. And I did a circuit and we started with push-ups and I went up the ladder and came back down and I ended with push-ups. And man, I had to finish with 20 push-ups, one leg on the ground. And I, it, it's these guys that made me, I wanted to quit after 10 on my left leg. And I went and did my 10 on the left leg and 10 on my right leg because I could, it, it's that you just don't want to be the 12 all the time. You know, it's like, I'm just going to, and, and it was no problem. And I mean, I got through it. You know? Yeah, you brought you're, you're you're kind of alluding to this accountability aspect, right? It's this, yes. the the fact that yes, in a gym, and that's you know why you know both you and I uh, have talked a little bit about this, you know, offline or uh, you know both of us utilize a gym for purposes of physical fitness, but not in place of what we love about F three because F three is really where we're getting so much more than just the workout. And, and that's, you know, something we, we preach, but it even accelerated your gym uh, experience because of your affiliation with that three for the purposes of when you are showing up in front of them, because no one at the gym cares how much you do, you know, I mean, no one at the gym cares whether you show up. I mean, let's just be, let's just be transparent about that and, and honest. So the nice thing about F3 is those, those opportunities to accelerate. So I think uh, you had mentioned uh, previously to uh, another injury, the torn bicep that you had kind of prior uh, to early 2020. How's that recovering? And, and what are you kind of doing to, to accelerate that? Yeah, that was a good one. That was that <clears throat> keep bringing, keep bringing up hardcore. That was that hardcore we were doing uh, pull reverse grip pull-ups and you have to jump up to this big pipe and, I'm so inflexible and tight <laughs> that I can't get both my arms around. So I have to kind of jump up and grab with one and then twist myself around. So I was basically, I think I was like 192 back then. So I was basically trying to reverse curl 192 pounds and my um, tendon just pulled off my elbow. So wow. can't say I didn't try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that's, so really what I did is, the cool thing about if you tear your bicep is that you can't hurt it anymore. So you can still work out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it curls a lot of times it snaps and creates this big old ball in your arm. Uh, yeah, I, so did you, did you get it repaired? You've gotten it repaired though, haven't you? Right. Yeah. It, it um, so, and I did for the record, I did finish the workout. Um, so, uh, yeah, they drill a hole in your bone and they pull it through and then tie it off on the other side. Yeah. Tie the tendon off on the other side. So, you know, I had to work my way back up, but you know, I did a, I did a lot of legs, a lot of legs then. Um, and you know, I, but, and then I worked my way. I didn't do straight curls. I don't do a lot of curls. Anyway, I do mostly compound movements, um, you know, deadlifts, cleans, bench, you know, a lot of dumbbell work. Um, 
and uh, just kind of worked it back. And I think I'm maybe I'm just now where I actually will do a curl on a curl bar. Um, but it's, it's back hundred percent, you know, 120%, whatever. I mean, it's Yeah. The important thing is to kind of stay after it, but, but you kind of made a quick comment there about kind of doing more leg things. And that's another thing that, you know, we, we can quickly talk about is just, you know, injuries happen and, and injuries are going to occur, especially if you're really out there pushing yourself, but, uh, an injury doesn't have to prevent you from exercising in totality or even posting. And, oh. you know, if, if you have an arm uh, problem or shoulder injury or, um, you know, even a leg injury, there's things that you can go do and post and still continue to accelerate and not allow that to be an excuse not to, to accelerate because, you know, like we said, there's so many other positive benefits of getting up and posting outside of the actual workout in and of itself. So um, I, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to kind of continue to accelerate and then obviously allow that, um, that bicep to, con to continue to, um, to improve. So quick question. Um, you're, you said you're 55, so obviously respect. Um, tell me a little bit about kind of getting out there in the gloom with, with the guys. I mean, do you find it intimidating working out with younger guys, or do you feel like you liked working out with younger guys? You like fit, uh, working out with more guys your age? Kind of from that perspective, tell me a little bit about your mindset when it comes to kind of pushing yourself and how that all works out for you. Um, I don't, frankly, I don't really think about the age. Um, cause I feel like, um, 20, <laughs> you know, I just, Good for I mean, you, man. Good for you. I just do. I just, I don't, I mean, I, when I say that number 55 is like, it, it just doesn't register. I don't feel like 55. I feel like the same as 25 or 35. So I kind of look at them as a peer, which maybe is just <laughs> weird, but you know, I, I feel like I want to. I want to be running with them, you know, and yeah, and we did it and I can for a little while, <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> but that's that way it's quick. But, you know, speaking of that, you know, it's, you know, I keep talking about how we lift each other up and how important that is to keeping us going. You know, we are that person to other people, you know, it's, you know, I've posted places where there's guys, you know, in their 60s, 70s, 80 years old doing that. And I want them to know that they've had an impact on me because we look at them and say, dang, this guy's, you know, 65, 70 years old. He's out here, you know, doing side straddle hops. He's doing Merkins. He's, you know, still getting after it. I mean, if he can do it, I can do it. So, uh, you know, speaking to those 30 year olds, you know, maybe they see this 55 year old guy walking around with all this weight, you know, saying, yeah, he's not super fast or whatever. He ain't, you know, up with it, but damn it. He's out here, you know, Yeah, I can be out here, you know, so it keeps you going. It yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, you're bringing up a great point. I mean, I'm only 45, so I'm probably like that median age, depending, I guess, on what region you're at, but, uh, certainly, when I have the privilege of posting with some uh, older men and watching them just kind of get out there and kill it, it's such an inspiration to say, man, that's exactly 
what I want to aspire to do. And this is why I'm doing it now and, and the importance of, of staying fit. So I want to echo what you just kind of said and just encourage those of you who are in your respectables or double respectables or triple respectable. It means a lot to us when you guys show up. I mean, it really does. And we love seeing you guys out there and, and certainly things happen physically that maybe don't allow you to, you know, you may have to moderate, you know, modify possibly, or yes, you may not be able to, to be as quick as you were 30 years prior. Um, but just the fact that you're there and, um, and, and doing what you, you know, you're able to do and, and, and accelerate. And, and, and that's not to say, heck, I know a lot of, 50s and 60 year olds that would out, you know, outpace a lot of 40 and 30 year olds. So, so, I mean, it's amazing to, to watch. So I'm not saying they're not as fit. It's just, um, it's such an inspiring thing to see. And I want to just encourage those of you who are in that category of age, uh, please continue to post, uh, please continue to get out there. Cause it means a lot. Uh, I know personally to me, and, uh, when I'm talking to other guys, they say the same thing. So I think that's, Think that's a great point to, to bring up. So I know in the past you have had some different dietary strategies and some of the things that you've used. Uh, I know that I have shared multiple times that I practice intermittent fasting. I think you did or do as well. Tell, tell me a little bit how that's going and, and, and what you're doing that you feel like is working and things that you've learned along the way. Well, right now I'm in, I'm in a phase of, um, seeing what I can get away with, <laughs> which may not be the best thing. So, you know, I was, I did a, a really hardcore, um, bout of intermittent fasting a little while back and just shed off. I, Cause I had this like 10 pound, 10 more pounds of fat I wanted to get rid of. And it just wiped it right off over a period of months. It wasn't fast, but, and then I sort of adopted it like a lifestyle and I still do to this day a little bit. Um, but I'm cheating a lot. Like I'm, I'm putting stevia and cream in my coffee in the morning, which breaks the fast. Um, but I'm not really eating anything, um, till 11 or 12. And then I try still try to quit by like seven or eight at night. But again, my thing, I've been doing it the really slow, slow method where I, it's, it's a lifestyle change, like super slow. Like I'm, you know, not losing weight fast or not accelerating fast, but I, I'm looking for the longer. I want to go for 80, 90, hundred years old. So I'm thinking like, these guys are whooping up on me right now, but when I'm 80 and you're 60, I'm going to kick your butt. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the long game, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, you know, like, I might get you. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I mean, an intermittent fasting is, is just a strategy, right? I mean, it, it's something that if, if it's working for somebody and they love it and they love the way they feel and it works for their schedule and they feel like they're accelerating because of it, then no reason not to do it. Right. I mean, they should do it and they should enjoy it, but it's not necessarily something that everybody needs to do. And certainly not every day. And, um, to your point, I mean, there's times that we might want to be a little bit more intentional about it if we have a specific goal in mind, but at the same time, you know, if we don't feel like doing it or we feel like we're need, you know, where we want to be and the strategy doesn't make a lot of sense to us for a period of time, then don't do it. And I, and I really find that that's probably better from a resiliency standpoint for the body anyway. I mean, I think giving it some change up actually can be beneficial. And so 
you know, I, I don't intermittent fast every day uh, on purpose because I do find that throwing some days in there and some timing issues off can be beneficial for me. Uh, I, I, like you, want to play the long game and feel like there's strategies that work really well and there's strategies that I don't feel as well on. And, and it's just kind of finding and fine-tuning that. So listen, man, if, if, if it gives you pleasure to put stevia and some cream in your coffee, then, then do it. And, and you don't have to be so dogmatic about, well, no, I'm breaking the fast. So, you know, and it's almost counterproductive to be stressed out about the decision than just say, listen, man, I'm happy. I'm accelerating. I'm doing what I want to do by doing that. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's fine. When, when you're eating, um, when you do choose to eat, what kind of dietary plan are you doing right now? As far as kind of how you, how you preparing your meals and stuff. Yeah. I make a point to, um, to prep, you know, you typically on the weekend for my lunch lunches during the week and even some dinners. Um, so I'm not making any, I don't, I still not eating any fast food or I'm, I'm basically a whole foods guy, like, you know, preferably one ingredient. You know, we talked about that last time. Um, apple, one ingredient, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like chicken exactly. ingredient. So big, big quinoa. I mean, I've been on a quinoa kick. That's how you, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Quinoa, that's how quinoa. I pronounce it. I mean, that stuff's amazing. Um, I'll, I'll make like three cups of it on Sunday and I'll eat it all week and I'll take a week or two off from it, but you can cut up steak or chicken and put it with it. You can put salsa with it. You can put black beans with it just as a base. I mean, I'll, I'll mix up, I'll put a half, you know, some peas and veggies and I make these big quinoa kind of like the Chipotle bowl or whatever. I make these big bowls and, and they're awesome. And some, sometimes after the Sunday rock or whatever, I'll, I'll put some in instead of grits, like with the egg, you know, crack an egg, a couple eggs over it. And I mean, I'm on a big quinoa kick right now. And, and that's <laughs> been, my strategy has been to replace, that was my replacement for rice. Okay. Or grits. Um, I'm just replacing these items one at a time, you know, over time. I'll take a pause. Yeah. <laughs> I gotcha. Now. And, and, you know, first of all, I, I, I'm a fan of quinoa. I think, you know, it can be certainly implemented in a healthy diet. Um, I, I personally do eat white rice, uh, just true transparency. I know there's a lot of health information out there are certainly, uh, things that are promoted about the, lack of nutrient and white rice and the quick glucose content that that has and, and all that kind of stuff, which, which is true. And, and, and I'm not saying it's not, but, uh, I also just want to let listeners know that sometimes eating white rice, you know, you don't have to necessarily replace all those things. Now there might be a time and season for any of it, uh, depending on your strategy, because if you do want to reduce the glucose load because you're insulin resistant, or you're really struggling with burning fat and all that fun stuff, yeah, th there might be some strategies around it, but I, I think some of those foods and that's kind of, you know, we're talking about dogma change or just mindset change. And, um, you know, I'm first to admit that there's things that I preached 10 years ago that I revisit today and go, yeah, you know what, maybe, maybe it's not as black and white as I think a lot of times we want it to be. We, I think we all want like this perfect eating style that's going to work for everybody. And that's just not reality. And, no. um, you know, hence the obesity epidemic that we have, right? Because if there was a something that actually worked for the general population across the board, 
we wouldn't be in such, I think, the problem that we face today. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, everyone approaches it just like that because everyone's like, well, here's what you should do, or this is what works for me. And that's great, but that's not necessarily what's going to work for everybody. So trying to figure that out um, has been a journey for myself. And, and, and I think there's some principles that we can look at across the board. To your point, whole food, I think we're designed to eat whole food and not chemical garbage and man-made stuff necessarily. Um, but as far as like macronutrients versus micronutrients and all that, I, I think sometimes we can get in the weeds there and not accelerate because we're too concerned on some of that stuff. But uh, anyway, I thought that was interesting that you brought that up uh, as far as, uh, you know, your, your strategy with the quinoa, because I'm a big fan of that. And I love the fact that you throw all that stuff in it and just got to really make it a, a nice thing. I was actually thinking about uh, doing something similar today uh, for one of my meals, as far as uh, kind of adding a bunch of stuff into like a base of, of some starch or whatever. Yeah. It helps me not burn out on it, you know, cause you keep changing it up, putting different ingredients in. Yeah. Yeah. So are you just eating two meals a day then, or are you, doing more than that yes two two main meals a day um like this morning i cheated a little bit after that hot box i, I took me a handful of um pistachios on the way into work <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah and you know and like i said you got to listen to your body sometimes i mean i'm getting ready to do a, a little longer endurance type of race coming this weekend and um you know a couple of days out, I'm going to be prepping for it. Or, or certainly my strategy going into that morning is going to be different than my normal mornings because it's something I know I'm going to have to fuel my body with. And I think I shared on a previous podcast, whether it was, you know, a week or two ago, but uh, I've started doing some heavier resistance training. And so just from a muscle breakdown, I'm choosing to do some different things currently than I've was prior because of the demand that, you know, my body's going through. So, yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, some days you're going to be like, listen, my body is telling me I need to do this because I'm dragging on the floor, then do it. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. So that's great, man. It's I, I'm just having fun with it really is the thing. You, you just try different things and you know, some stuff's not going to work. I mean, I, I know from trying dairy products on and off now, I'll, I still eat a ton of dairy, but I know that my body doesn't really like dairy. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I end up doing better if I stay away from cheese and the half and half and milk, but it, it's, we just try things and just see, see how, it, how, what works and what doesn't and tempt fade a little bit with a little bit of chocolate and a little decadence here and there and to keep it, keep it real. But it, it, it's a long, you know, it's a, it's a marathon type thing to me. So just, and it's just, consistency and staying on it and, and improving, you know, those food items and those choices, uh, a little bit of time over time just adds up major. Yeah. Having a game plan, right. It's all about kind of being strategic, what, whatever that strategy is for you. You know, the research is pretty clear that people that are consistent, you know, with the time they're eating or even a strategy around what they're eating is going to be more successful than, those are just kind of just aimlessly going through it and, and not really putting any thought or effort because that's what sneaks up on people is they're just, they don't put any attention to it and they 
kid themselves of what they're actually doing. And to your point, trying to figure out what's optimal for you. And that will change, right? It changes on our hormone levels. It changes based on, you know, the season of the year, what we're doing physically, the stress that we might be going through that's external in our lives. All those things are going to be factors in how our body adapts. And, you know, I, I think I shared before, I don't love the idea of the cheat meal because, you know, if, if I have, you know, if, if I base my lifestyle off a cheat meal, that means all my other meals have to be perfect. And that puts a lot of stress on you. And then the cheat meal opens the doors for just non-thought and, and indulgence and gluttony. And instead, I'm like, listen, my thought process is this 80-20 rule. That 80% of the time, you know, I'm going to stick to my game plan allowing the flexibility of the 20% when and, and, and if I need it for the day or the week or the month or, or whatever, how, however that is. And that just allowed me to be much more sustainable with my approach than putting ourselves on this uh, dietary mindset. And I think that's where people get in trouble. And I, I actually heard a, another expert talk about, you know, the, the, the idea of eating with scarcity. And that's really kind of what diets do. They kind of create this mindset of scarcity when we're eating and that never is sustainable because ultimately our body wants to indulge or eat. And that's why diets never last or certainly don't put you in a good spot long-term versus having a, you know, being satiated and, and eating with abundance and being mindful about what it is that we're putting in our bodies. Yeah, I love, I mean, when I'm eating these meals, because I've changed my, my taste has changed and, and what, what my body is looking for has changed. I mean, when I eat these things, I actually love them. Like, it's just, just, it's just as good as eating mama's cake to me. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it really yeah, is. It, and, and it is about mindset too, right? I mean, if we're, we're, if we're open to that nutrition and our bodies adapt, you know, there, yeah. there's things that our bodies begin to crave and there's certain macronutrients and micronutrients our bodies need. And as long as we're getting them, our body's going to let you know that it's going to be happy. It's when we have all these other issues, you know, when we're gaining weight, not sleeping, overstressed, eczema, digestive issues. Well, that's when you do need to be willing to, to look into some of these factors and make those changes. But man, if you're, if you're loving what you're eating, and you're accelerating and you feel great and you have full of energy and you're sleeping and there's nothing that you wouldn't, you know, want to change overall, as far as how you're functioning, then yeah. I mean, you're probably doing all the right things for you around your, your, your queen, uh, specifically as we talk about this. Right. We're good. I'm sort yeah, of tapering. Ahead. I was just saying, I'm sort of tapering a little bit because I know if I really want to go down to a, a lower uh, body fat, I could just crank up the, the, the hardcore, um, intermittent fasting for four to six months, but I'm kind of good right now. Yeah. And it is all about what the goal is, right? I mean, you know, there might be a time that you want to be 10 pounds lighter, but maybe it's not that important to you. Maybe, maybe you know, unless you're competing in something that 10 pounds less is going to be a, a huge advantage, maybe the effort's not worth <laughs> the reward at, at the end of the day. And that's really kind of what it comes down to. It's like, all right, I, if, if, if I have to do that to accomplish this, then maybe, 
that, you know, this isn't worth it to me, uh, because I don't really want to do that. And, and that's with anything in life, obviously it's, it's willing to do what it takes to get the results that you're looking for. And sometimes the results aren't worth the effort. Um, certainly when you're already kind of feeling healthy and feeling good. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that's, I think that's brutal. Go that's trying to go from like 15% to 10% is like, oh, I don't have it in me. Uh-uh. Yeah. And nor, nor would it be important to you at 55 years old, that's not competing in some kind of specific, you know, uh, event or, or whatever. I mean, like you said, your goal and my goal is longevity. It's, it's how do I feel at 65? It's how, how do I want to feel at 75 and 85 and how active do I want to be and function? Do I want to have those are the things I'm looking at long-term. So even to get a short gain or short-term gain that puts myself in a compromised position of injury now wouldn't be worth it to me 30 years from now, because then, you know, an injury could potentially be something that you'd struggle with indefinitely. And it's not worth the injury risk for a short-term gain that let's just be honest, that won't matter in 15 years from now. Um, so yeah, I think those are all, you know, uh, thought processes that you need to, you need to think about. Well, man, uh, kind of coming up on our time here, I, I appreciate you kind of sharing some, some of the things you're, you got going on. Is there anything else, uh, that you wanted to kind of, uh, share with the packs today, as far as, uh, your current strategy on your queen or King or anything else you want to challenge the packs with as far as kind of working on theirs? I just say post and, you know, get involved in the community and do a little bit to help others. That's what I say. <laughs> I, hey, listen, I think those are all good things and could do it in that order, right? Get, get out there and post, which is going to accelerate your health and your ability to kind of work and, and live third and, and then looking for those opportunities to do just that, man. So I'm going to count that as your, uh, three tips to get somebody accelerating on their hunt for wellness. So I'll, I'll, I'll save, I'll save the actual question, but uh, if someone wanted to kind of reach out to you personally, I know that you're in the Metro area and certainly those AOs locally, people could kind of work out with you and, and watch you do your mile walk with your 90 pounds on your back. But uh, other than that, I mean, outside of the Metro region or certainly nationally, uh, what are some best ways of contacting you if someone has some follow-up? Uh, good question. I'm on Nation Slack, Metro Slack, Twitter. I got it. And, and the handles on the Nation Slack is what? I think it's like at Forge or something. Okay. I don't know. And my handle on Twitter is horrible because I'm not really that into social media. It's like at Rob four, seven, nine, seven, six, seven, four. Oh, I got you. <laughs> One of those random generated yeah. things. Yeah, might have to get some, might have to get a millennial to help me fix that one day. Uh, I gotcha. Well, it's not, yeah, it's not very difficult. You just kind of hit a settings buttons when your profile and you can change that handle. Um, but we can, we can link it up in the show notes and that way people can reach out to you or I'll, I'll tag you in the post, uh, of, you know, promoting the show, the episode, so people can, uh, follow you there, uh, as far as that goes. And then, um, it's Rob Miller folks. So if, if you're, is it at forge Metro on Slack or is it at forge Rob Miller, the real forge or something? <laughs> I don't know how many forges we have, 
but I, I'm assuming people can find you on the Slack if, if, if they want to. It's at Forge. It just says at Forge. Okay. Well, maybe you're, 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 you're the at Forge. That, that's, that's good. All right, brother. Well, <laughs> just, uh, just one final question. And I know you've answered this before, and maybe that has shifted a little bit. And sometimes it does as far as uh, our perspective. Um, but before I ask it once again, man, I just want to truly thank you and say, I appreciate you and, um, your support of, uh, of this show and your willingness to get on here and share your information to benefit the packs. I know people are going to really resonate with it. So I do appreciate that once again, but, uh, my final question to you is what is your definition of wellness? You know, wellness, I think I touched on this in the first one is, you know, being in tune with your creator, um, knowing there's something outside yourself, uh, and taking care of those closest to you, you know, which would be my wife and children and, you know, getting out in community, uh, and, uh, helping one another and being involved, being active, active participant in this, in this world. Um, don't just be a spectator. And then the I love it. I love it. Great, great answer. Appreciate you being on the show, my friend. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Love it. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Hunt for Wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com on the nation Slack at Bones or Twitter at HFW Podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness.